Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. We all said together, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord, living the living way. Living the living way. If I can draw your attention to verse number 7, just read it. said that the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, said, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him. He had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. It's the Lord. I don't know how familiar you are with the scriptures, but there are several instances in the New Testament in which the disciples the people that are the closest to Jesus, the 12, the people that spent days in and days out with him, there are several examples in which they are near the Lord but don't recognize that it's him. I, I, I mean, I, I'll say that again because I, I, I thought it would help you because it's certainly helping me. There are several instances in which the disciples are near Jesus and actually, they hear him. <laughs> they hear him. So they are actually able to hear his voice or hear what he's saying. But in the instance in which they hear him, they do not recognize and acknowledge that it is him. It's a blessing to me because very often I find myself saying, Is this God? Is this the Lord? I don't know if you, how long you've been saved or in church or around the things of God, but it's a question that we used to ask. Now, is this God? Is this the Lord? No, we're about to do this. Is this the Lord? We're about to buy this. Is this God? We're about to go here. Is that the Lord? If it's his will, when we used to close out church, we used to say, God willing, we'll come back together next week because we were kind of always searching for the will of God. We used to say that the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Though trials be great and the way seems hard, it's in the will of God. I wish I had somebody churchy in here. It may be on the mountain peak or in the valley low, but wherever, 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 I'd sing it if I could. It may be if God says go. Why? Because the safest place is in his will. And the ultimate question is, God, is that you? Lord, is it you? This story and stories like it make me feel good because I realize that it is possible to hear a word and not be sure it's God possible to be in this room and hear the worship and hear the music and hear the pastors and hear the leaders and even in these few moments hear me read a scripture it is possible to hear and not recognize that this is God talking to you it is possible to be so far away from the Lord that you can't see him even when you can hear him I'm glad that I'm able to hear him even when I can't see him because I'd never be able to get saved. I'd never be able to give my life to the Lord if I could only hear him when I was close enough to recognize him. It's absolutely possible for something to take place in your life and it's God talking to you. It's absolutely possible for you to actually hear God and not recognize it's him. It's possible that you've been so far away from him or so far away from church or so far away from the things of God, you've gotten so disconnected from the body of Christ, you've gotten so connected from the actual church, you don't even recognize the Holy Ghost. You don't even recognize God. God can be talking to you and you not know it. It's just something that happens, especially when there's turmoil. 
especially when bad stuff takes place. I'm reminded, I don't have a whole lot of time because I want to get to my point, but I'm reminded when they're on the boat and it's a storm and Jesus comes out walking on the water and they're terrified and he says, take courage, it is I. So they hear him, but they don't recognize that it's him. Sometimes in the middle of the storm, the storm messes with your sight. Sometimes when bad stuff's taking place, I'm just talking to the folk who may have some storms going on. Sometimes when winds are blowing and things are tough, and that today, right now, to be in church today, to gather together in the house of God today, to walk by faith, faith, by faith today, is such a challenging thing in a world where we talk fear every day. In a world where every story is a fear story, where every story is a make you nervous story, where every story is a report of something bad that's going to happen or something negative, when the world makes money off of fear, it's difficult to walk by faith and not by sight. It's tough to walk by faith when things ain't going your way. I wish I had a witness. It's tough to walk by faith when you're disappointed. It's hard to walk by faith when stuff ain't going right. Anybody can say hallelujah when everything's amazing. Can you praise God with your heart beating fast? I need a witness in the building. There's some of us, the Lord allowed your heart to beat too fast just so you can learn that you can praise him in the good times and the bad times. You're not a very strong Christian if you can only praise him when everything's amazing. In the middle of the storm, it's hard to recognize. You may hear him but not recognize him. It is hard to recognize him when you have shame because you messed up. This has happened after the resurrection. This story has happened after Peter has denied Christ three times. It's so interesting to me that even though Peter has made a big mistake and even though he ain't feeling right, he's still leading Some of y'all, he's still leading. He says, hey, I'm going to go fish. And everybody says, all right, let's go fishing with you. Because just because you messed up don't mean your anointing is not still on you. Just because you done said the wrong thing at the wrong time doesn't mean God's done with you. Oh, I needed that for me. Just because you may not be doing all the right stuff doesn't mean God takes his hands off you. It's so funny. There's a leadership anointing on Peter, and even when he's not walking in it, he's still leading. But when they say it's the Lord, Peter wraps his outer garment around himself and jumps in the water. He's a fisherman. Why would he fish with all his clothes on? What's that about? That's about shame. That's about denying Christ. That's about, this is leading up to the restoration of Peter to the ministry. And it's not my point, but I just want to lay it out there. That sometimes when you don't feel right about yourself, you don't recognize that God is still talking to you. I came to tell you, I don't care what no church person said to you. God don't stop talking to you just because you mess up. I don't care what condemnation word you heard. Just because you mess up don't mean God's not done. God ain't done with you till he's done with you. As a matter of fact, I would contend that God can get even more glory out of your life when you ain't feeling yourself. Anyway, Peter wraps this outer garment and jumps in the water. And this, this whole ability to recognize, to hear Christ but not recognize him. This has happened because they're in a rough spot. They spent three years with Jesus. They left their business. I think it's interesting, and I think everybody ought to be encouraged by it, that Jesus called businessmen. <laughs> he didn't call a bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees. He called businessmen. He called folk that was about 
business. Matter of fact, one of the ways that he even started his relationship with Peter is he got into Peter's boat and preached from his boat. And then afterwards, he said, let's let it out for a catch. And they caught such a catch of fish that Peter said, Lord, you got to get away from me. I'm a sinful man. I love it that the blessing of God can bring condemnation and not just somebody preaching and making you feel bad, my Lord. I want God to bless you so much that for you to say, you know what, Lord, I don't really even deserve a blessing like this. The initial recognition that God was God was the Lord blessing their business. I thought that would help somebody because most of us, 99% of us in here, ain't in the ministry. And one of the mistakes we made in the church was to make it seem like the only thing that's anointed is ministry. But that's not true. If you in here banking, there's an anointing on you. If you in here serving, there's an If you are a doctor, may there be an anointing on your hands. If you are in sales, I pray that there'll be anointing on you. Everything you put your hand to do will prosper. I need a witness in the building. The Lord didn't call a bunch of preachers. The Lord called people that was doing business. And having a boat at this time is like having a plane. Wood is a scarce thing. Y'all don't we know. These guys are men of means. They are actually able to leave their business for three years and come back to it. And it's still there. They didn't go into foreclosure. They didn't go into bankruptcy. They didn't lose everything following the Lord. They were doing so well that even after this time of dedicating three years consistently to him, their business is still working. I want you to recognize that they didn't do it because of what they thought. They didn't have the outcome they thought they were going to have. They thought Jesus was about to take over and kick out the Romans. and One was going to sit on the right hand. One was going to sit on the left. And now what has happened? Jesus has been crucified. He's been resurrected. He's appeared to them a couple of times. But they are right now in a state of bewilderment. The Holy Ghost has not come. They are not filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, I'm giving a quick Bible lesson. They are not filled with the Holy Ghost. They still don't know what it's all about. They still don't have it all figured out. They have been walking with Jesus and still don't even really know why. It is absolutely possible for you to walk with God and hear God and him be in your life and for you to have time with him and not even know why he saved you and not even really know what the answer is. And just because you're in bewilderment right now doesn't mean that God has forsaken you. It's because you don't have all the clarity about what God is ultimately trying to do in your life. That's a word for me. That's a word for somebody. What happens is Jesus calls from the shore. Peter says, well, we spent three years with Jesus. Well, we saw him crucified. Well, he resurrected, but, well, back to business. I don't know what y'all going to do, but I'm a fish. I'm going to go fishing. That's what I'm about to do. I'm going to get in my boat, and I'm going about to fish. And he jumps in, and they say, hey, they're like, yeah, I mean, what else do we have to do? There's folk in the boat fishing that ain't even fishermen. Okay? They got disciples in there. that, Yeah, a bunch of the disciples are fishermen, but they, they get in the boat, and they're fishing. And as they're fishing, they're working and not catching nothing. They're working and not catching. They are energetic and still don't have what they're looking for. I, I just trust you all can see what I see in this passage. Just because you don't have everything you're looking for don't mean you're lazy. I'm trying to talk to somebody who has worked hard and still don't have what you're looking for. You have put energy into it. You've worked all night. They work hard, and they don't have what they need. They haven't caught their fish. They have worked hard, and they don't have the harvest. And the Lord calls from the shore and says, hey, 
How's business? He doesn't say, hey, let's have church. He doesn't say, Holy Ghost, fire. He says, hey, how's business going? Have you any meat? Have you any sustenance? Is your belly full? Are you satisfied? Is your answer there yet? Do you have what you're looking for? I'm so glad that they weren't like us. I'm so glad they weren't Holy Ghost and fake and yes, the Lord has. I'm so glad that they were able to just be honest in the moment and say, look, we have actually worked pretty hard and we still don't have what we are looking for. Anybody in the room with me right now? Sometimes that honesty is a tough thing to have. It's hard to deal with that honesty. Sometimes we want to escape that honesty. We want to escape it in a party. We want to escape it in a Netflix. We want to escape it in a movie. We want to escape it in some weed because we don't want to deal with the fact that we ain't got a lot. We don't want to face the fact that we don't have what we ought to have. We don't want to face the fact that we're not doing that well. We don't want to face the fact that we don't own nothing. We don't want to face the fact that we don't have no real retirement. We don't want to face the fact that actually we haven't really caught what we really need to be sustained. I know I'm talking square now. Now start, I'm leaving preaching and going to meddling. But, but it's, it's, a, it's a direct question for all of us to consider, and that is, have you any meat? Have any fish? Catch any fish? How's business? You have customers? You have clients? How's it going? You're getting raises? You have money? Tell me how business is. This is their business. This is a kingdom message. How's business going? Jesus is standing on the, on the shore, and Jesus says, have you any meat? When they, get, when they end up getting to the shore, yo, if you know the story, Jesus already has a fire going. He's got a fire going already. So he, he really doesn't even really need anything from them. He's already got enough in himself. And some old preacher might have asked the question, well, how did he get the fire started? But uh, then somebody would have said, God don't need no matches. He's fired all by himself. But anyway, he's there because God don't need no matches. He's got a fire going. He's asking them from the shore How's business in the deep? This only really affects you if you have launched out into the deep. If you have some courage, if you have some faith, if you're near the shore, if you're splashing around in a shallow end, this message barely applies to you. But if you have decided that you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, you are tired of barely making it, you are tired of barely having enough, you are tired of only making enough to pay your debts, and you have decided, I've got to get out. Out there and do something that's going to take some depth. Who am I talking to in here? You have decided this is enough. And I'm going to do something great. Omnipotent great is the Lord. I'm going to do something great. He says to them, how's business? How's your money? If he was here right now, he would stand on this shore and he'd yell out, how's business? How's your money doing? Do you have any fish? Do you have any meat? And I wonder if we would answer correctly and say, not really. We might have some money, but I don't know if we have wealth. We might have some stuff, but we may, we not, we may have Jordans, but I don't know if we have joy. Don't, don't, don't make me pray. We may, not, we may have some things, but I don't know if we're set up. Who am I talking to? We may have some stuff. We might look like we got it, but if you really do analysis and if we sat down with a financial advisor, do we have meat? Do we have something that can sustain us? 
Where is our money at? Ah. And the Lord says to them, all right, tell you what. Throw your net on the other side of the boat. You fishing on the wrong side. Now, that might sound crazy to you like it sounds crazy to me because if the fish are in the water and you in the middle of the water, right, they, then there's fish everywhere. But God has a way of doing things, and I love the way he do what he do because, in essence, he can send clients to you. He can send blessing to you. Am I in church? Am I preaching faith or what? What did you do all this praising for? You believe in God. I need some clients. I need God to bless me. I need more business. I need more money. I need something else to happen. I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. I said, I need a breakthrough. I said, I need a breakthrough. I said, I need a breakthrough. I just saw the stat of what it cost to buy a house in 1970 and what it cost to buy a house in 2023. I'm not a boomer. I'm from the Z generation. It's going to take a miracle for me to be able to have my stuff and leave something to my children. That is going to take God. And so I might as well believe God that he can bring fish to the other side if I can only be obedient, if I can only listen to him, if I can only hear him. And thankfully, even though they couldn't see him, they heard him and were obedient. Oh, I want to move on. But one of the challenges of us now is that we've gotten to this place where we can't be obedient if we're blind. We have to be able to see first before we do. That's what this has done to us. This has made us think that we need proof and we need, we have to have all the answers. We have to have everything figured out. If we don't see it, our doubt kicks in and we're not obedient. The sad thing, beloved, and I'm talking to everybody who ain't a boomer and Xers, millennials, you know what's sad? The sad thing is that the boomers who knew how to believe and obey blindly have way more than those of us who need to see everything so clear. See this right here? This means I'm looking for somebody to say something to me. We got all the technology in the world, and we need every answer, and we have lost sight of the real power of the thing. What has happened is we have become so much about praise that we not about principle. We want a Maverick City, and we want to jump in Jesus. We want to praise, praise, praise. We want to gather together and have great big praise servants, but do we really want to hear a word? Do we want somebody to lay down the principles that actually need the power so we can actually have something? We're praising more than ever and broker than ever. We are broker than ever. The crash hit us. I'm talking about people that look like me, but all of America, we are in a worse state financially than we have been in forever our money ain't worth what it used to be worth and what you have to spend to get your stuff it is ridiculous we are doing all this praising and don't have power because we don't have principles oh jesus i really love this sermon elder clark so, in essence, Jesus is saying to them, well, what you'll have to do is you'll have to obey even when you don't understand. I want everybody to say amen on that. No, I said I want everybody to say amen on that. There's way too many things you already accept on faith. 
We're just accepting too many things on faith. So we want to accept certain things on faith, but other things, we need facts for that. I need facts for that. What I'm saying to you is, all right, I got you, but just understand. Jesus said, well, you have your nets on one side. I want you to put your nets on the other side. Would have been a whole lot of sense for somebody to say, what are you talking about, Jesus? Fish is fish, water is water. Are you, what are you, but what do you do when you ain't caught nothing? There is nothing more foolish than being committed to a way and it don't work. <laughs> oh, I need a witness in the building. This message ought to go over great because if you ain't got nothing, you might as well believe. If you ain't got nothing, you might as well try. You don't own nothing anyway, so you might as well go ahead and trust. You have already tried it your way. Why are you so committed to your way and your way don't work? I mean, they work hard all night. They ain't caught nothing. So what do you have to lose but your pride? And oh, if God could just deliver us of pride. Because our pride goes before our fall. Jesus says to them, put your nets in on the other side. And I want you to get unstuck from the way you do things. And I want you to do things in a new way. And I want you to be all right about a new way of how you do what you do. I don't think it should be that difficult considering the fact that the way you're doing it now ain't working all that great. And so Jesus says, all right, have faith. Have faith. Have faith. About to give you a new way. I want you to put your net on the other side of the boat. I'm about to say something to you that may be a little foreign to you. I want you to accept it. I want you to realize that if you listen and you're obedient, there's a blessing that will happen. As a matter of fact, when they put their net in on the other side of the, of the boat, they caught such a large number of fish, they could barely contain it. I speak that right now over everybody in the room. A blessing you can't contain. I guess you must not want it because ain't nobody saying nothing to me. But I want a blessing that causes a problem. I want a blessing that I don't have room for. I want a blessing where I'm like, how am I going to pay the taxes on this? <laughs> I want you so blessed you ain't mad at Trump. You want to know who are his accountants. Anybody mad at him? You must be baroque. I want you to be like, uh, hi. Why y'all prosecuting that man? I want a conversation with him. They say when you're young, if you're a Democrat, it's because you have no heart. And if you're old and you're not a Republican, it's because you ain't got no money. See, I shouldn't have said that. That's not in the sermon. Cut that out. Edit. So... What I want us to do is I want us to exercise faith that God is going to bless us in a powerful way that we can't contain. But I also want us to believe that even though we can't contain it, our nets won't break. I don't want you to lose anything. Has anybody lost something like the blessing happened and you lost it? No, I asked the question. You, it happened. It happened. You were almost weren't prepared for the opportunity. The opportunity came, and you're looking back right now. As a matter of fact, it's hard for you to sleep because you're thinking about money that you made that you don't know where it is. And you're thinking, oh, my God, if I could just go back. Oh, my God, if I could just go back there, I would buy. Oh, my God, I'd buy land. Oh, my God, I'd do this. Oh, my God, I'd invest in that. Oh, my Lord, I missed. I had an opportunity, but I didn't. My nets broke. God bless me. And the fish got away. I'm praying that your nets won't break. I'm praying that you will put your, that you'll put your nets down on the other side. And as a result of it, God will bless you exponentially. And as a result of that exponential growth, you'll be blessed supernaturally. Here's how. 
Romans 12. Romans 12 says, well, I beseech you therefore, brothers, in view of God's mercy, that you, print, you present your bodies as a living, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Everybody say living sacrifice. No, that was weak. That was just the first five rows. Everybody say living sacrifice. No, that was just kind of okay. One more time. Let's try it again all together. Everybody say living sacrifice. Yeah, that second word's hard to say. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Because we think sacrifice, oh, what are you talking about, Pastor Andy? Oh, no, no, no. What I'm saying is that the Lord is saying, yeah, there is a living way, there's a way to be, and sacrifice is a part of the living. We think of sacrifice as giving, but really sacrifice is living. Sacrifice is a part of life. There is no life without sacrifice. So when the Lord says, I urge you, in view of the mercy of God, that you decide that sacrifice is going to be a way of life. I beseech you, in view of the mercy of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God, that you accept the fact that the only way to really be blessed is for sacrifice to be a part of your life. It don't work without sacrifice. The sacrifice is a living sacrifice. The sacrifice is an eternal sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. So, I know you're asking the question, and I'm so glad. Your question is, well, how do I sacrifice? So glad you asked it. One of the ways that you sacrifice, and we preach it and teach it in church, and I'm going to teach it today, and I know that is that is uh, a baby dedication is first time visitors in here, but hallelujah, one of the ways that you sacrifice is something called the tithe. The tithe. The tithe means tenth. Tenth. Now, listen, listen, I, I'm going to talk about tithing for just a little bit, and I want you to know that for everybody that's in the church already, there's a high percentage, of, a good percentage of the people that go to the church consistently that tithe, so I'm not really talking to my tithers. You're going to hear my tithers saying amen a lot, but I'm not really talking to my tithers. What I'm doing is I'm trying to introduce and trying to teach tithing to a new generation of believers who don't walk in the principle of tithing because we're not doing as well as the generation that tithed. This whole, oh, well, it's just we just get everything for free from the Lord. It don't work. It's not working. And when, when the Lord says, that I'll hear from heaven and heal your land. You can't look at the numbers and not realize how sick the land is. I said you can't. You can't look at the numbers and see what folks make, what they spend, what it costs, what is going on, what's happening with the dollar, what's happening with the country, the red going to what. You can't look at that and not realize there's a sickness in the land. So when the Lord says, if my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal the land. I won't just heal their money. I'll heal the country. And this country needs to be healed. I need a witness in the building. I said, I need a witness in the building. I said, I need a witness in the building. This country needs to be healed. I just came back from Ghana. I was there looking at land. 
because I'm like, Lord, I don't, who knows what is going to happen, my God. Lord, my hope and my trust is in you, but right now what's going on in our country scares me. So I'm looking for the Lord to do something supernatural and heal the land. And so my point is, is that one of the ways that that happens, one of the ways that leads to blessing is something that we think of as tithing. It's funny that tithing is like this churchy thing that we think about, but it really just means tenth. This means tenth. It me what it really means is percentage. The idea is that you're going to give a percentage to God. That's the tithing. But, beloved, honestly... If you think about it, the truth is that a percentage perspective changes your financial world. Let me do the analogy. Y'all seen me do it before? We're going to do it again. What does tithing say? Tithing says that the Lord gives you ten of something. Ten plantains. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. God blesses you with ten plantains. What's the tithe of ten? Talk to me. What's the tithe of ten? So we take this one and we say, all right, this is the tenth. That's God's. That's my table. This is God's table. I'm going to give one. God blesses me with ten. I'm going to go ahead and give him his tithe. The Lord blesses me with ten pineapples. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What's the tithe of ten pineapples? Talk to me. What's the tithe? We tithe in? Why is the only the first row talking to me? Are we tithing? Yes, we're tithing. Let's give God his pineapple. That's what the Bible says. All right, we'll give a pineapple to God. Then the, then the Lord blesses again, and the Lord blesses you with, ooh, Snickers bars. God is talking to me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What's the tithe of them ten Snickers? We're going to give God a Snickers. Yeah, let's let the Lord get something that satisfies. The Lord blesses you again with ten ho-hos. Uh-oh. The Lord blesses you. One, two, I'm going to leave it alone. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Are we going to give one of these ho Are we giving this to the Lord? Yeah, let's go ahead and. Give God a whole. Lord bless you again. Mangoes. Yaman. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What's the tithe of ten? We giving God a mango? Are we giving God a mango? Yeah, let's go ahead and tithe and give that to the Lord. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for helping me. Don't hurt one another. Oreos. Woo! Y'all scream more for the Oreos than the fruit. What's the tithe of 10? We tithe in? Yeah, let's tithe. Let's give God what belongs to him. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 10 oranges. Oh, yes, Lord. What's the tithe of 10? We tithe in? Yeah, let's tithe. Let's give God the orange. Let's give him the tenth. What else we got under here? What's this? Apples. Ten. What's the tithe? We tithing? Come on, keep talking to me now. Keep talking to me now. Keep your energy up. Ten. Ooh. Chips. Honey barbecue. You know somebody black bought this. We tithing? Yeah, let's give the Lord some sour cream and vinegar. 
potatoes. Y'all know y'all love some potatoes. What's the tithe of 10? We tithing. Put your hands together. No, put your hands together. No, no, put your hands together. This is the 90. This is the tithe. It really doesn't make any sense paying your bills out of this. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. This, this right here, is, you decide, okay, this belongs to God. Now, the first thing that I want you to understand, I'm going to put it on the screens for you, is not only is this 10th perspective, I just want to start off just by just setting the tone by saying, beloved, that honestly, although this kind of can seem a little foreign to us, we know it in church, but although it can seem a little foreign to us, the truth of the matter is, if you lived in an agricultural, agrarian society, this is something you already did. You didn't eat all of your seed. You had to have something to replant. Can I get a witness in the building? You had to have, so in a sense, for them, percentage Living, this is percentage. Percentage living made sense. If you sow and get, if you plant and get a thousand potatoes, to, there's a percentage of those that you're going to keep to replant anyway. So, although I know we like to introduce this in church as a tithe, but what I'm saying to you is, if you lived in this kind of world, you already did this. And because of the power of multiplication, the power of multiplication, because one thing can become a thousand things, it's really not that difficult for you to keep 10 of the thousand or a hundred of the thousand. Because as a matter of fact, if you can, if you can sow more, your harvest will be even bigger. If you have an amazing harvest, then you can save even more to replant more so that actually this is not a real hard process. We think about it in church and we're adding it to church, but the truth of the matter is this is percentage living and percentage living makes sense. If you're not doing percentage living, you're not going to have nothing. Right now, it's not what does the house cost, it's what percentage of your income is it? If you're not setting aside a percentage of your income right now to retirement, you're going to be a sad old person. If you're not setting aside, if you eat all your seed, you will always be broke. And in a sense, what has happened to us in particular is we're still slaves with extra steps. Because if I pay you, and then you have to borrow money from me even though I pay you. If I pay you and you borrow money from me to buy a house and you have to pay me interest back and you buy a house for 250 but when you're done paying it back, you paid me 500 And then, so what's happened is I gave you money and you gave all the money back to me. That means you're a slave. And what has happened to us, people that look like me, is that we, what, what happened was that because of segregation, stuff was so held out from us that we don't even spend our dollar with one another. The minute we get a dollar, we give it all back to the... I need a witness in the building. We talk about reparations, but they just get all the money back. Because we have been taught to not even trust one another. 
Oh, I'm talking real business to you. My point is, beloved, that honestly, if you're in this room and you ever want to have more than enough, you will never not, you will never have more than enough until you start thinking about everything you do in terms of a percentage. What percentage do you save? What percentage do you spend? What percentage do you sow? What percentage do you invest? For you to say, all right, well, I'm going to give a part of it to God. It's just a part. Of, and the reason why this wasn't that difficult for the children of Israel and for people in this world was because what the Lord promised, and I'm speaking this over everybody, what the Lord promised is if you do this, the Lord said if you do this, <laughs> If you give me the tent, test me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you have room enough to receive. I thought everybody would say something to me on that one. The Lord says, oh, I'll make your harvest great. If you're going to do that, I'll bless you even more. So that a part of what tithing does is this percentage giving provides protection that's what the Lord says he says I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and I'll prevent stuff I'll keep you from getting hurt I'll keep you from losing stuff because you put me first you gave me a tenth along with all of the other percentages that you're doing Along with the percentage that you're saving, along with the percentage that you're sowing, along with the percentage that you're investing, you're also giving a percentage to God. And the Lord said, if you do that, test me and see if I won't bless you exponentially. I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you when you come. I'll bless you when you go. Everything you put your hand to do will prosper. So, that the percentage giving provides protection. In a sense, it's insurance. Anybody in here have insurance? I said, anybody in here have insurance? Yeah, you have insurance. You have insurance on your car and insurance on your house and insurance on your health. You have insurance. You're giving a percentage to insure it. The Lord says, right, so why don't you insure this with me? Why would you trust Allstate and don't trust me? Why would you trust them and not trust me? This percentage sowing perspective, I already said it, but it creates wealth. Creates wealth because you begin to see a part of what you have as seed. It's not just here to meet your need. It's here for seed. I said it's not just here to meet your need. It's here for seed. Really shouldn't be that difficult because the two of you, if you are a couple or if, you, if you're single, you got kids, y'all got to come together and you got to lay out what your financial plan is for yourself and you can't eat all your seed. I said, you can't eat all your seed. There's got to be a part of the seed that you sow. You don't get wealthy from a check. Can I get a witness in the building? You don't get wealthy from a check. You have a good job, that's great. But that's not how you get wealthy. The way you get wealthy is you, you sacrifice. And instead of buying new cars, you buy used cars. Instead of getting bling bling, you get blum blum because you are sowing. You don't care about them rims. You care about your real estate. I need a witness in the building. This is something that's so important because we weren't taught this. They gave us church and they kept kingdom. That's what they did. They took family from us so they told us our family was in the church. But they got to keep their name though. They got to be Rockefeller and we got to be saints in the house of God. And they had to do that because they were selling us everywhere anyway. We did not learn 
that there is a percent there is a principle in this that's bigger, sure. God will miracle and God will make a way and God will do something supernatural. But there's even more to it than that. It is that this principle impacts your life. That percentage perspective strengthens the future community. Percentage, perspective, strengthens the future community. One of the things that happens when you're not allowed to have a community is you don't think about building community. The devil is a liar. You stop thinking about it. When you build communities and they get burnt down, you start thinking it don't make a lot of sense to build communities. Why come everybody else lives with each other and why is there a Chinatown and there's a, a Vietnamese town and there's a Korea town and there's a these folks live? Why is that? Well, when you've had the experience of building a community and folk come through and burn it down, it can make you give up on the idea of actually having community. But the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And one of the ways where we do community is in the church. This isn't just kingdom. This is community. And our, our job is to say, all right, how can we strengthen the next generation? How can we leave the next generation stronger than how we were? A part of it is I can't eat all my seed. When the enemy robs you of your children, you stop thinking about providing for your children. But beloved, the job is to provide for your children's children. You can't spend everything you have. You got to provide for your children's children's children. Because you got to make the next generation stronger than you. You don't want your babies to go through what you went through. You don't want to leave them debt. You don't want to grow up and be dependent on them. One of my sons said, he's a basketball player. He said, oh, dad, I'm going to play pro and I'm going to buy you a house. I said, don't buy me a house. Buy your son a house. I don't need you to buy me a house. We're too busy paying it back and we need to pay it forward. Buy me a house. Dude, buy your child a house. I'm going to make everybody clap for that. Our whole perspective has to change. You might drink less coffee if you were trying to provide for the next generation. Them shoes might be okay. You might, it might be all right if you, if our perspective begins to be all right. If I can, if when I, when I tithe, when I sow, when I give to the kingdom, when I give to the church, when I tithe, when I, when I start to do this percentage thing, God is going to bless me. But not only is God going to bless me supernaturally, but also the Lord is going to empower me to keep what we have with us. So that what I have doesn't go to my enemy. So that we can come together and be empowered together and build together and do something together because in our unity are we strong. And beloved, we see ourselves as called of God. It's the faith. We have this faith to believe. We have this faith to believe that the next generation we buy the future, and we sow, and we expect a harvest. 
Even if we expect a harvest that we don't see, Ray, even if we don't see it, we have a faith and a belief that we may not be there. I might not get there with you, but y'all going to get there. And when y'all get there, remember me. Have a picture of me and say, it was great grandpa that started us on this journey and put aside something because he realized that the tithe was power. And the Bible says, the Lord said, test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you have room enough. You won't have room enough to receive it. I want you to have faith in here that if you put your net on the other side of your boat, that God will bless you exponentially, exceedingly abundantly above what you can ever ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. If you heard a word, put your hands together. Now, before anybody moves, men in blue, let's take up an offering. Now, it was the 15th. This past week was the 15th. That means you got paid. Today's the 20th. You just got paid. I said, you just got paid. I said, you just got paid. We took up an offering earlier, but did you tithe? Friends, have you any meat? Did you tithe? I want to challenge as many of you in this, in this room who are watching me around the world. I want to challenge you to tithe. Just try it in this moment. What's the tenth? You made a thousand dollars, you give God a hundred. You made a thousand, you give God a hundred. If you think that you're going to tithe off of ten thousand, you won't be able to tithe off of ten thousand if you can't tithe off a thousand. Give God the tenth, and God said, Test me and see if I won't bless you exponentially. If you need an offering envelope, you can simply raise your hand. You can take a you you take that donate towards Victory Park. Everything but that's that's for a second offering. But when you take a picture of that QR code, it'll lead you to everything, right? Lead you to everything. And you could say, okay, I'm gonna start being a tither right now. I dare you. I dog dare you. I double dog dare you. Tithe. See what happens. It's the one thing where the Lord says, test me. Be a tither. Say, all right, Pastor Andy, I got you. I'm going to exercise faith. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to give God the tenth. I'm not going to eat from God's table. Make no sense to eat from God's table. I'm going to be a tither. Take a picture of that QR code. It'll lead you to the thing where you can tithe. You can give to Victory Park. Beloved, we're still trying to get out of this building. We're on our way. And we've got our land. And we're, we're determined to do it. I can tell you right now. If everybody just tithed, it wouldn't even take special offerings. If everybody just was a tither, if everybody tithed, we wouldn't even need a bank. I need a witness in the building. If you're asking, oh, they bring, well, right now with what we're doing, yeah, we, we, we're still dealing with the banks and trying to get the loan and all of it, but if everybody tithed, if everybody tithed in the last quarter, if everybody just said, all right, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to experience power. You ever wonder why there is so much awareness of the LGBTQ, that whole community, you ever wonder why? It's because they give to their cause. They actually have lobbyists who are pushing their agenda. They are a very small percentage of the community. They're a very small percentage of the country. 
We have whole laws being challenged right now by a very small percentage. It just shows what happens when you put your money where your mouth is. And we're the church, and we mad, and we upset, and we fussing about how the country is, and it's demonic, and it ain't, and, 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 and. well, beloved, there's a very simple thing to do, and that's just to give. You can't worship the Lord, and it costs you nothing. You won't really have life if you can't sacrifice. You'll never have wealth if you can't sacrifice. You'll never be rich if you can't sacrifice. You'll never be boss if you can't sacrifice. You'll never be somebody's mom if you can't sacrifice. You'll never be somebody's mom if you can't sacrifice. I was having a conversation with a couple. I mean, are you writing your checks? Make your checks payable. The WOCC begin white checks. Million is spelled with an M. I was talking to a couple in church, and, you know, they're in their early 30s, and blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, what's going on with kids? And they were like, yeah. And then she spoke up and said, well, I just want to make sure that when we have children, there is an equitable division of the labor when we have the child. And I said, sweetheart, do you want to be somebody's mom or not? You're already an executive. Do you want to be somebody's mom? You don't have the right attitude to be somebody's mom if you're already counting who going to sacrifice more and who going to do, do you want to be somebody's mother or not? Being somebody's mom is not fun. I need all the moms in here. Come on, sweet. Being somebody's mom is not fun. Being somebody's mom is work. Am I telling the truth? That work don't never go away. Kids 26 and he's still calling you. Mama, I need you to pray. It's, they ain't never gonna stop. You don't become you don't become somebody's mom for fun. You come, you become somebody's mom because you're ready to sacrifice. You're ready to change diapers. You're ready to catch throw up. You're ready to lose sleep. You're ready for somebody to suck your life out of you. You ready for somebody to love you for 10 years and then you get on their nerves for eight? Oh, I guess you don't have no kids. That's what you ready for. It's a sacrifice. There is no love without sacrifice. There's no life without sacrifice. There's no money without sacrifice. There's no blessing without sacrifice. There's no church without sacrifice. There's no kingdom without sacrifice. There's no Christianity without the blood of Jesus Christ, the living sacrifice. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in view of God's mercy, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It is your reasonable service. It is your real form of worship. And do, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, let's pray for this offering. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this offering. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. Thank you for every new tither in the room and every new tither around the world. God, we're going to test you and see. Thank you for everyone that's giving an offering right now to Victory Park because we're on our way. Thank you, Lord God, that we still have faith in the word. It still works. Bless us supernaturally. Do a work in us. Heal us of our diseases. Heal our babies. Heal our children. Provide for us. Strengthen us in our community. God, we're calling on your name. Have your way in us. Kingdom of God, come in us. Will of God be done. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you as you give. God bless you as you give. If you can just sit tight just for a second. Just let these faithful men in blue just collect this offering for all of you that tithe for the very first time. Let me welcome you into what it means to really be a believer and really be a Christian. When you start to tithe, you really become a part of the house of God. You really are chasing after his will. Give your life to him. You put your trust in him. You give. 
so many things happening for us in the church and so many things in the bulletin and stuff that's going on. You can check it out. So glad to see so many in church today. It's such a good thing. It is a good thing for us to come together. You got to keep coming. Invite someone to church. Invite someone to hear a word. Anybody hear a word from the Lord today? You came alive. All right. Stand on your feet. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me your great salvation. So full, so free. Thank you for this word. Thank you for our time together. Thank you, Lord God, for this example. Thank you, Lord God, for faith coming alive in us. Thank you for tithers. Thank you for every offering. Thank you for the anointing that rests on your word. Now, God, dismiss us from this place. For those who are watching around the world, Lord, as we're about to shut stuff down, God, and fill, fill us with yourself. And as we always pray, bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people. Give us peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. Baby dedication, family, we have a reception for you in the fellowship hall. It's that door right there to my, my right, your left. God bless you. See you next Sunday. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.